And really going back, let's circle back home, guys, to Caitlin's Caitlin Wise question on injury prevention. That's why we're here, right? So hopefully these these things we really like hit a world. I did not think we were going to touch upon so many topics today, and I even had other questions that unfortunately we're not even going to get to because this episode is going to be like five hours long, and no one's going to listen to it. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hello, hello, and good evening, and welcome to Monday Night Spark Live. We are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group doing another podcast episode for the Healthy Runner Podcast, and I am here today to break down the questions you have asked me when you enter the Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So we are going to be getting into some common running questions or those questions that I've received from individuals who have joined the group recently. So here's a teaser of what we're going to be covering in this episode. We're going to be talking about questions like, how can I cure plantar fasciitis? What are some great injury prevention tips? How do I solve hamstring pain? How do I get over an Achilles problem? How do you build stamina? How to prevent your shins or calves from getting pretty tight when you increase your mileage? So that are are some of the questions that I will address in this episode. And hopefully I'm going to get some more from our live audience who are coming on here strong on Facebook. So if you're jumping on the live, just type in live. Let me know you're here. And if you guys are catching the replay of this within our uh, Facebook community, just uh, type in replay that you caught this. So I know you did catch this. And this is the first time that I'm going to do an episode like this on the podcast. So we are up to episode 37 now. And I figured I wanted to switch it up a little bit and do something kind of fun. Hopefully, um, we can get some good questions asked during, uh, the episode and I can answer some questions on the spot. And I think it would be kind of, uh, neat to see my initial reaction to some of these questions and to answer, um, these other questions that have either been common questions that many of you have had, or maybe there's something quick that I didn't want to do a full episode, a deep dive on, and maybe it's something quick that I can address. So live audience, those that are jumping on here on the live, I'm counting on you guys to pop some questions, whether it's injury prevention questions, running injury questions, coaching questions, um, anything you got, I want you to throw it in the comment box. I'm going to do my best to try to get to as many questions as we can tonight. Um, that is the goal. So Trish has already got a question. I love it. I love it. All right. So Trish, just in case I lose your question, um, you might need to remind me as we go on. But right now I'm going to say it and hopefully because I say it, then I will remember it. So it's how do we maintain good running routine through the winter months? Ooh, great question. Yes. Awesome. All right. I'm going to try to keep that one 
in the back of my mind here, Trish, for you. So guys, drop your questions into the comment box. So I really wanted to, I guess, first off, reflect on this weekend, right? So I already mentioned there's a couple of people here on the live that ran yesterday. So we had our local 5K road race, very socially responsible. There were not a lot of people there. So it's like getting into race season, which is kind of getting exciting because we didn't have a race season all spring and summer. So yesterday was the first official in-person race that I participated in. And it was just so great. Um, And it's not about the people. And I posted this yesterday. It's not about the people that races bring out. Yeah, the big races, like there's so much energy there because there are a lot of people there. But it is honestly for me at this point is the people that I'm surrounded by. It's the runners that I interact with. And whether it's before the race, after the race, during the race, as you're running, you're like giving someone a, you know, a fist bump, a, you know, kind of keep going, uh, give them some motivation, uh, people smiling at you, people clapping at you. You know, that's what races are all about. And I think for us runners, that's what we've really missed during this COVID time. And it was really nice to be able to see that yesterday, even though, you know, there are about 150 runners there. Uh, we had a great healthy runner turnout. So there was probably, I would say, I don't know, about 10 to 12 of us who did a nice little dynamic warm up together. By the way, guys, ooh, I'm going to be putting this together. This is happening this week. I know I teased this in the past, but it's happening this week, guys. We are going to put together the official kind of spark dynamic warm up for you. Uh, so you can have that every time you go out before your runs. If you're not sure what to do before your run, you've heard you should warm up. You just don't know what the heck to do. So this dynamic warm up routine is going to be the warm up routine that I've kind of perfected over a number of years and have kind of modified it as I've gone along. And I think this is something pretty solid. It's five minutes for you to do to just prime your muscles before you go out for your run, as opposed to doing what you've always been told your whole life to kind of do some stretching before you go for your run. And you'd kind of touch your toes, bend over, maybe you get on the floor, do that, that standard hamstring stretch. Um, this is going to allow your body to be ready to go for your run. So that's coming out this week. So stay tuned on all the social media channels, Instagram, YouTube, at Spark Your Training and within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. I will definitely be sharing that with you guys. So it was awesome to have an in-person race going on uh, yesterday. I really enjoyed that. And it was so nice to see so many runners who uh, crushed. We had a bunch of PRs yesterday. So a bunch of healthy runners um, hit PRs, which was really amazing to see. And this week, this coming weekend, I wanted to let you all know as, as if you've been listening to any of the other previous episodes, you've heard about the Team Healthy Runner Half Marathon Training Program. So we've been doing that for eight weeks. This is our eighth week. These guys are crushing it. I'm so proud of them. We've been getting together for group runs on the weekends, and we're going to actually open this up to our full Healthy Runner community. So whether or not you're in the Facebook group, whether or not you listen on the podcast, and you're local in Connecticut, and you're doing a virtual uh, half marathon, 10K, 5K, whatever you're doing this weekend, come join us. 
for a group run, socially responsible. We're all going to wear masks beforehand, afterwards, um, on the Farmington Canal line, right on the Hamden-Cheshire line. We run into Cheshire towards Southington. Um, we're going to do a half marathon, many of us. Some of us are doing the 10K. So for here in Connecticut, we're doing the virtual Hartford half marathon. Some are doing the challenge. I know there's been a, a bunch that are doing the challenge. So we're going to be doing that on Sunday. I it, It's awesome to have people around you to support you. So even if you're just going for a run, a long run on Sunday, and you want to join us, you want to join some of our Healthy Runner crew, You've seen some of the posts. You've heard some of the interviews on the podcast with uh, folks like Coach uh, LaToya, Kat, uh, our yoga expert, Rachel, who just jumped on here on the live. Thanks for jumping on, Rachel. Um, Rachel did a whole episode on the podcast about yoga for runners. And so check out that episode. Um, If you remember the episode number, Rachel, drop it in the comment box there for me. I'd appreciate that. And so you can hear about how to do yoga for runners. So we're all going to be there together um, on Sunday. So we'd love to have many of you join us. Um, I'm going to be having actually a photographer there. So if you want some pre post-race photos, you'll get some free photos. Um, We're going to have some water bottles for everyone, some uh, treats afterwards that are individually wrapped Um, so some snacks and just to kind of hang out and, uh, as a running community, kind of get together socially responsible, um, during this difficult time right now. And for a lot of us, this is kind of the big buildup. This is like our own, our one and only kind of fall half marathon. I know me personally, I like to do two half marathons in the fall, uh, one early one in September, Labor Day usually, and then usually this, uh, Hartford half, maybe even one in November. So, This is it for me, I know, uh, personally. So I want to celebrate it with as many as you as possible. So to get more information on that, just head to the Healthy Runner Facebook group and check out the event. So there's been an event that is created about Sunday. Get more of the details then. So Brian uh, says, (laughs) except for me, I'm the unhealthy runner right now. However, Brian, we're going to fix that, all right? That's going to improve. So Liz got a question. She said, uh, what are some exercises you can do to help with soreness in your groin? Oh, good question there, Liz. So that was from your run yesterday. So I definitely always feel soreness in my groin when I do give out a hard effort. So definitely um, speed work. Sometimes you can get some soreness in the groin. And I think that is because your adductors, so those inner thigh muscles, really help stabilize your pelvis a little bit more when you are going faster. So I would definitely recommend, Liz, not too much aggressive stretching. If it is sore, try to get a foam roller in there. So foam rolling is a little trickier for that position. But what you want to do is you want to kind of lie on your stomach and kind of put your leg out to the side. So you're rolling like that adductor inner thigh muscle. Um, That will get the muscle belly. And it's usually, you know, the attachment site in your groin that that tendon attaches to that can be sore. So I would roll out that muscle belly. You might feel some kind of tightness, some painful spots in there. Those are trigger points. Those are trigger points just because you were flying yesterday. You know, you you were running fast. You you won the whole thing. So those adductors were contracting a lot. Um, So I think with a little bit of foam rolling there, honestly, that should clear things up in the next day or two. You could do some gentle dynamic stretching, almost like how we did those side lunges um, in the warm-up. I would do a little bit of those side lunges, but again, not taking it down too far in the range, just getting a little bit of a gentle pulling, stretching sensation in that area. So we already have our... uh, (laughs) 
first question there answered. So thank you, Liz. Guys, this is how it works. Drop the question in the comment box. I will give you my honest response to the question. So thank you, Liz, for that. Um, and Kat has a question. What is the best course of action after a race to help recover quickly, both immediately and in the days after? Is it okay to run after a hard race? <laughs> so she puts LOL there. So um, as I mentioned earlier, Kat did run a marathon in which she ran her first marathon pain-free, by the way. So kudos to you, Kat. I'm so proud of you. And the reason why Kat's been able to do that, by the way, is because she's been diligent with her strengthening exercises. So she's been consistent with those strengthening exercises, and that has been key. Um, so that has been key for Kat. So Kat, actually, I was thinking about this, and I don't want to spoil this. I'm going to give you a couple tips right now, but I actually think this deserves a little bit of a deeper dive. And I think this is actually going to be next week's episode. So I'm going to go deep next week on recovery because of everyone who is running the Hartford Marathon, the Hartford Half Marathon. I think that would be very, very uh, good points. However, I'm not going to leave you hanging, Kat. I'm going to give you a couple tips here. So as far as after race to help recover quickly, it's all about hydration and nutrition, which we already talked about yesterday, right? Hydration, nutrition. Um, you could do some Epsom salt baths, especially for the feet, if they are really sore, if you get that soreness in your arches, um, if those muscles just feel tight from kind of all the, the mileage pounding on the pavement there. So you can certainly do that. Um, hydration, nutrition, and gentle movement. So definitely after a marathon, typically... Typically, we recommend a couple days of no running and just allowing your body to recover. Now, that being said, some people do prefer to go out for a little shakeout run, like really gentle. So you already did that yesterday in the 5K. Um, so hopefully you did not run today. And cycling can be very beneficial just to get those legs going. So what you're experiencing now is what we call delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. So that is the muscle soreness, like your muscles have gotten a good workout, like they're sore. Your quads are probably sore, maybe your glutes, maybe your calves. So that is normal after a marathon, after your first, you know, anyone who's listening during their first half marathon, that is all normal. The best thing that you can do for that is just general mobility work. So whether or not you want to do some foam rolling, whether or not you want to do some gentle active exercises general mobility stuff. This is not the time to do strengthening exercises because your muscles need to recover in order to actually get back running, you know, sooner rather than later. So you definitely don't want to overwork these muscles now, Kat. So I'm going to actually do, like I said, a deep dive. Hopefully some of those tips are helpful for you right now. Um, but let's actually make that the topic of next week's live. Let's do that. We're going to get into all tips on recovery from your race. I figured this might be the only shot to do that on the podcast for this season. And then hopefully it will be helpful for those in the future. And I see Miss Allie Eldridge is here on the live. Thank you so much, Allie. And thank you so much for dropping. Allie just dropped in within our uh, Facebook group for those listening on the podcast. Um, the top five muscles to foam roll. Um, this would be awesome for you, Kat, for recovery wise. And if you're looking for going back to Liz's question with the adductors for this video, I don't have the adductors in there because it's not 
the most common muscle. I have the five common muscles. But if you do the medial hamstring, so the inside part of your hamstring, and just go a little further, then you'll get your adductor muscles, Liz. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, thank you for uh, dropping that in there, Allie. And actually, for those of you that don't know, Miss Allie Eldridge, I do want to introduce you to Allie. So Allie, believe it or not, you should know because Allie has actually been working behind the scenes with Spark Physical Therapy as our executive director and really helping me out with many of the behind the scenes functions that allow us to broadcast this podcast, to be able to upload YouTube videos, to be able to upload blog posts. Um, so Allie has been amazing in some of the work that she's helped me out over these last couple of months. So I wanted to introduce her to our Healthy Runner podcast audience. So for those of you who have appreciated any of the production of the podcast and you're here on the Facebook Live, just give Allie a little like hand clap, give her a little fist bump, give her a thank you, let her know uh, all her hard work because she actually is the person now that listens to this voice. She's got to listen to my voice. Like, let's first off talk about feeling bad for her, right? She's got to listen to my voice to the whole episode and actually edit out parts of it so it can actually be listened to on the podcast. So she's been doing 100% of the podcast editing and uploading the podcast to Lipson, where I house the podcast. And She's been taking all the copywriting that I've kind of given her and putting that on all the different channels for you. So uploading them to YouTube. She's been now creating some channel art on YouTube and for the blog post. So she's doing a lot. She's really helping me out. So to free up some of my time so I can help more of you runners out there. So Allie's been killing it. Thank you so much for your help, Allie. And Allie will be there uh, at our live event this Sunday, helping out. She's going to be taking pictures, um, but she's also going to be helping out and giving away things like this. So if you guys haven't seen these little spark bib boards, um, say no to safety pins forever uh, with these little bib boards. So they're little plastic, uh, kind of hold your bib in place. So they go on right in the back of the bib. They don't make a hole in your shirt. Um, so very helpful and they're reusable. So the one tip is if you have one of these, what I would recommend is do not get rid of the cardboard. So keep that so you can put your bib boards back in after your race so you know where they are because having four of these, they get lost. And then you got to put them in a Ziploc bag. So just pop them right back onto the bib board. That's what I do after every race. And these have been very helpful for me. Um, I prefer them. And you can add a little spark to your race um, just like Liz did yesterday and many of our healthy runners. The other thing is getting a little neck gaiter. So if you come on Sunday, you'll get a little face covering neck gaiter, which is helpful, especially as the weather gets even colder. Not even talking COVID stuff, but I know a lot of people, big fans of the gaiters during your cold uh, morning runs that are now dark um, here. So also get a minivan. So we're going to be talking about hip strengthening today and the benefits of that. So you can get one of those minivans and Allie is going to be there on Sunday. So for those that are coming on Sunday, then uh, you can meet Allie and say hi to her in person. So I wanted to introduce Allie to you all, and she might drop in a couple of uh, resources as we're going along tonight um, for our episode. So let me catch up on comments here. Kat says, no, I didn't run today. Thank you very much, Kat. Sundar, what's going on? Thank you for jumping on here on the live. Lou, my man Lou, Mr. PR Lou. Lou crushed his 5K uh, yesterday as well. 
um, almost 30 seconds, almost taking off a half minute of his PR. So he's been training hard. He's been consistent all summer. He didn't let COVID get to him. So uh, Lou's been crushing his runs, and I'm looking forward to seeing your performance for the half marathon on uh, Sunday. So, all right, guys, let's get to our first question for today. Well, we already kind of got into two questions, but let's get into some previous questions. So this question actually comes from Caitlin, uh, who just joined our group, Caitlin Y, and she really wanted to know what are some great injury prevention tips? So great question. And I love that, Caitlin, you're thinking about injury prevention because my whole career as a physical therapist who specializes in working with runners in traditional clinics has been quote unquote sick care, right? So you have an injury, you have ITBN pain syndrome, you have runner's knee, you have shin splints, you go to physical therapy to get fixed, and then you go back to running and us as physical therapists in traditional clinics never see you again. So that was kind of frustrating for me because myself as a runner, I really was like, I don't understand here. Why can't we do more? But insurance companies don't pay for that kind of thing and we're never able to help. So that is why I created this community to help with injury prevention and why I do what I do. So I love that your mindset is thinking that, Caitlin, because injury prevention is key to helping you stay healthy as a runner, right? So it's it's that goes back to my main motto is that anyone can run, right? So anyone can run if you do it the right way. And having an injury prevention mindset is key. So actually, Caitlin, what I've done is I've laid out what I like to call my spark blueprint in the first six episodes of the podcast. Um, And really those five tips for healthy running that I call three of them relate to strengthening. So the first is train. Um, So first off is you need to train to run, right? That's the overall principle. You need to train to run instead of running as part of your training. So train to run instead of running as part of your training. And this was actually something that I I take for granted, but I was reminded this weekend as I listened to, um, kudos and shout out, by the way, to uh, Steve Carmichael, the host of the Run Buzz podcast, friend of our Healthy Runner Facebook group. He's been on the podcast as well. Um, he did an interview with Ali Foy this past week. I listened to it um, during my run. And it was kind of an unsolicited uh, testimonial, actually, by Allie through our virtual visit that we had before her 50K. But she kind of said that one thing that stuck with her and, and it really like blew my mind is the fact of talking about training in order to run as opposed to running is is your training. Right. Most people think like I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get fit running. It's a good activity. It's a good form of exercise. And that's what I'm going to do as part of my training. But no, we need to shift our mindset, Caitlin, and we want to think about training in order to run. So the three, the first three points here is strength train in order to run. And then it is train on one leg, right? So the best exercise you can do are actually training on one leg because you as a runner are always on one leg when you run. You are never on two legs. So again, Friends who are listening, if you're only, if you know, and you're like, oh, I I got that. I'm doing strength training already. I work out at the gym. I do CrossFit. I'm doing uh, my HIIT workouts in my house. I'm doing like Peloton group kind of fitness stuff. I hear those workouts are like pretty intense, by the way. Um, But, and then I always ask my clients, the runners that I work with, what are those exercises you're doing? A lot of them say, I'm doing squats. I'm doing deadlifts. 
I'm doing lunges or split squats. Um, so if all the exercises that you're doing are on two legs, then those are not the best exercises for you as a runner. I'm not saying they're bad exercises. Trust me. You need to incorporate those into your training, but there should be less exercises of you on two legs than there are on one leg, right? Because you want that strength to translate into your running. So that is important is to train on one leg and then adding plyometric training, jump training in order to run. So that's really three points. And those are really forms of strengthening. And then the fourth point is soft tissue care for running. So whether it's dynamic mobility, movement prep, foam rolling, recovery. So the things that we're going to get into with Kat for next week's episode. And then the fifth point is really proper progression, right? Training smart with proper progression. So that's our fifth point. And all of those, Caitlin, are really the injury prevention tips that you need, right? So that's what I put together through all my years of working as a running physical therapist, now as a running coach, helping many runners. And by the way, guys, in case you don't know, so I work with runners who are not only injured, right? So if someone has an injury, so they have, so I just talked to someone today who has hamstring tendinopathy, right? Hamstring pain, PHT, right? Pain at the top of the thigh. So we talked, he's been having it for six months. Um, I'm going to see him on Thursday. We're going to help him. He's going to have less pain. We're going to get him back on the road to recovery. So we can call that quote unquote rehab, right? So I help runners in that fashion. But then what we're going to also do with this runner is I'm going to make sure he has a plan moving forward to help prevent that pain from coming back. So that's kind of key in the whole, you need to bridge the gap from rehab to running. And that's really what I specialize in, in working with runners who have pain. I also work with runners who don't have pain. So those runners that aren't having symptoms, but either like Caitlin here has a proactive mindset, she's forward thinking and thinking, how do I prevent injuries? How do I prevent pain? I work with runners like that all the time to design a program. So I go through a whole running specific evaluation that I have. We find out what your body needs specifically. And then I design a program for you as part of prehab to prevent injuries. There's other runners that I work with who don't have pain that we work on improving performance. So they want to hit a 5K PR like Lou did, right? They want to run their first half marathon or they want to be able to run their first marathon. And those runners, I design programs for them, strengthening programs, progressive programs that will help get them to that phase as well as a now as a certified running coach, I offer coaching services. So I work with runners who aren't injured and actually design plans for them and give them, house it all on an electronic platform and provide them the structure that they need really with my experience in working with a lot of running injuries to progress that running and training so you don't get injured along the way. Because the both go hand in hand, what I've realized over the years. You can't just address one, the one side of the body without addressing the training aspect. So complementing both of those is what I do with runners who are uninjured. So just to let you guys know, just in case you didn't know, that is how I help runners. All right. So Allie, thank you so much for dropping that blog post on how to strength train to run. And Chris says, back and forth, single leg squats are my favorite. Yes, Chris. Yes, yes, yes. Single leg squats, amazing exercise. So great for the quads, great for the glutes. 
Great for single leg stability. So the other thing is, did you know, Chris, you're actually working your side hip muscle. So your gluteus medius muscle, that side hip muscle, it's so important when you run because when you stand on one leg, that muscle needs to keep your pelvis totally level. So I actually just had, and this is so common, by the way, I know most of you are parents on here. Um, For those of you that have kids that are running, especially your adolescent runners, so if you're listening to this on the podcast, keep this in mind, especially female adolescent runners. I'm getting a lot of them now with cross-country season. I just had one in my office just before we went on live, actually. And looking at running with, and you can simply take this with a video. You guys can even do this at home. Take a video of your runner. Have your iPhone right behind them. Take a video. Hit the slow-mo button. Watch them in slow-mo. Does their pelvis stay level? When their foot hits the ground or does it drop a lot, you can see that opposite side drop. And that is so common in so many adolescent female runners I see because a lot of them, they go through these growth spurts and their muscles haven't caught up yet. And it's like a coordination issue. They really don't know how to kick in those muscles. So that's what I work with these young runners with is like neuromuscular re-education, we call it. Like teach them how to actually find these muscles that they are supposed to be using when they run. Um, So that is definitely a muscle, Chris, that you're working with single leg squats from an isometric standpoint, meaning you're not moving through the range, but that side hip muscle is keeping your pelvis level when you do a single leg squat. But it's also a great strength builder for the quads and the glutes. So thank you for adding that. And Allie just dropped in uh, the best exercise for training to run. So if you want to find those exercises for training on one leg, You got the link right there with all the exercise videos that I've added. And that's what I've done with these blog posts, by the way. So for those listening on the podcast, in case you don't know, after every episode, I really try to do my best in the show notes to drop the blog post after the fact. And I might need to go back to the last couple episodes, actually, and do that. But um, we try to add in all the YouTube videos that I talk about during the episode. So you can actually, after you're listening during your run, because if you're like me, I listen to podcasts during my run or long car rides. I really don't have long car rides anymore, but um, during my runs. So then I'll go back after my runs and kind of go in the show notes and click links. I always put like bonus features in the show notes. So click the blog and you will get like the actual exercise I talked about on the episode that are going to help you stay healthy as a runner. So make sure you check out um, that. And if you're in our Facebook community, guys, that just makes sense because you're going to have Allie or myself dropping these links into these live videos that we're doing right now. So You'll get all those resources and then also get the support of a community, right? So all the other community members in our Facebook group, you guys are awesome, by the way. I love the motivation. I love all the tips that you guys post and the questions. Um, Andrea, thank you so much for jumping on here on the live. She's doing her PT exercises while listening. Yes. Yes, Andrea, you are killing your rehab. Um, It's been so great to work with you virtually. So I love that you're doing your exercises. Consistency is key. You know that. And for you to be able to listen to this and do those exercises, that will be awesome. So Brian, great question. Thanks, Brian, for asking this one. This is, oh, this is awesome. Thank you, Brian. So Brian wants to know, what do you think of leg curl weights for hamstrings that are in the gyms? So Brian's talking about that, what we call uh, prone hamstring curl machine or lying on your stomach, bending your knees up. So this exercise 
it's hard for me to say an exercise is bad. This would definitely not be my first choice for runners. And I'll tell you the reason why, Brian, is because the job of your hamstrings when you run is to number one, it acts as a hip extensor. So like your glutes when your foot's on the ground, and then it does slow the acceleration of your leg forward when you're swinging your leg forward. Um, So it will slow down. It works what we call eccentrically while the muscle's lengthening. If you were doing that exercise, I would recommend to do slow lowering first off, maybe like a two-second lowering or negative, right? You might have heard that term before, like doing negatives. So that's working your muscles while it's lengthening or eccentrically as opposed to concentrically. So I would recommend that, but Brian, you're going to get more bang for your buck by doing exercises where your foot is on the ground, um, as well as kind of working from the hip joint as opposed to just the knee joint. Because when you run, like I said, that hamstring muscle works more from your hip as opposed to your knee. All right. So I would definitely recommend that. And if you check out the hamstring pain blog, that will have all of my favorite hamstring exercises in it. All of my favorite with the top being, I got to give it right. The Nordic hamstring curl. So that is one that you definitely want to do as a runner. And especially not only for you folks who have proximal hamstring tendinopathy, but for those looking to keep their hamstring strong and happy, (laughs) then that is uh, the exercise that is my top exercise that I have found personally when I had that syndrome and what I have single-handedly contributed to helping my hamstring stay healthy and me never having pain ever again. And this kind of goes back to the gentleman I talked to this morning where he asked me, will I ever get rid of this? Because it seems like so many people are frustrated with hamstring pain. And this is actually segueing into another question that I just got from Zoe S who joined our group. Um, and she wanted to know, how do you solve hamstring pain? So Zoe, this is to answer your question here. I've actually laid out a comprehensive, comprehensive document on how to actually solve hamstring pain because that's been a common, common trending problem within many of the runners that I've seen and especially with COVID and everyone being on their computers and Zoom meetings all day long, sitting. And sitting has been a pain in the butt, literally, for many people. So I lay that out in this really blueprint or comprehensive um, document. It's the most comprehensive thing I've ever put together. And I have... It all in there. So we're going to drop the link for the hamstring blog um, within the comment box. Um, So Brian, you will get those exercises. There's five exercises on there that I like to do for the hamstrings, Brian, and none of them are a prone hamstring curl that you would do in the gym. And the, the best part about it is all five of those you can even do in your house, believe it or not. Um, So that's there. And Lou says he loves the community. So much inspiration and support. It is, Lou, isn't it? And you are a huge contributor to that community. So thank you for being here. And it's been great having you in here this past year. Um, And Allie, thank you so much uh, to drop that link into the comment box. So Brian, you will see that's the blog, Is It Okay to Run with Hamstring Pain? So within that blog post, you will see those five exercises that I talked about um, that will help you out for your hamstrings. All right, guys, this is awesome. I hope you guys are enjoying this. This is kind of fun for me to kind of talk off the cuff and just go with 
what your questions are that you have coming in. And Liz says that she has some athletes with shin splints. Um, what are some exercises to help with this? Excellent question, Liz. And this actually segues to another question that I recently got from someone who joined the group. So let me give her a shout out and address that. So the question came in from Ashley Yu. Ashley Yu said, how to prevent your shins or calves from getting pretty tight when you increase your mileage? Um, So I think this is going to answer both Ashley and Liz's questions. So it depends if your calves or shins are getting tight. So let's talk that issue first, and then we'll go to shin splints. So tightness in your calves, Ashley Yu, who asked that question. Thank you so much for your question, by the way. Um, That is very common, especially if you have a tendency to have tight calves, tight Achilles tendon, and decreased ankle mobility. So your ankles don't flex. And that is one of the tasks that I do with all my runners that I see in person and even virtually, honestly. I actually have you guys on Zoom. I I have you put the camera right on your ankle and I do a test to look for functional mobility of your ankle. And I see how far does your knee move over your toe. And then we uh, compare that to the other ankle and see if you have full mobility because you need full mobility in that ankle, especially with running hills. So if you have any tightness in that area, one thing to do to prevent it, Ashley, is to number one, foam roll. Number two, dynamic stretching before your run. Number three, static stretching after your runs. Static stretching, I mean holding for 30 to 60 seconds. And actually, maybe, um, Allie, this would be a good time to drop that soft tissue for care blog post. Um, so that fourth tip for healthy running I was telling you guys about before. In that, in that blog post, I really talk about dynamic stretching. What's the difference between that and static stretching? And how do you do those? So I think that will be helpful for you, Ashley. And maybe even if we can find a video of, I have a video of three ways to actually stretch your calves um, for runners. So that will be helpful. Remember, guys, after your runs, not before, not before. Dynamic stretching before. We're going we're gonna to get that video to you this week. Allie and I are going to be working on that. So we're going to get dynamic stretching to you this week. But static stretching, guys, after your runs, especially, Ashley, if you're feeling that tightness in your calves. So that is something that could be a huge contributing factor to developing Achilles pain and plantar fasciitis. So two out of the five common running injuries that we see. Make sure you're stretching there. So now getting back to Liz's point here with shin splints. So Liz, I would imagine some of the athletes that you have are probably younger. And a lot of times the shin splints can be due to, it's usually an overuse issue with the soft tissue connection to the bone. And it's a function of not being properly trained and ramping up enough. So very, very common in middle schoolers, high schoolers, collegiate runners. So actually my daughter just got a bout of shin splints. Luckily, it only lasted a day or two when she started volleyball um, practices. So she's been practicing volleyball in her backyard all summer, right? I've been playing with her, um, been loving it. Um, I love volleyball, so it's been fun playing with her. And now she's like better than me. So she's like crushing me now. She made the high school volleyball team. So I'm very, very proud of her. She's been working hard at that. So she's former gymnast, just retired from gymnastics and is now um, doing high school volleyball. But 
first day of practice, what did they do? They ran and she was not training uh, for running. So she developed shin splints. Um, she was complaining of symptoms for basically two to three days, but then it went away. So if that's the case, Liz, that's, that's honestly the body just adapting to running again for the first time and not being used to it. However, if it's continuing past three to four days, then that is something that we should definitely get checked out. And then also make sure that they're not getting worse over time. So the progression is if there's this kind of trauma to the soft tissue that connects to the bone can eventually lead to bone issues. And then eventually, like you'll get some runners who are running with shin splints for weeks, months, and then that eventually leads to stress reactions to the bones and then stress fractures, and then eventually maybe even a full-blown fracture. So you definitely want to be careful and make sure that they're only having this um, for a short amount of time. Most of the, the troubles can actually get corrected with correcting the training errors, meaning not ramping up so soon right? And kind of getting more on a gradual progression. You can do for symptomatic relief, Liz, you can ice the shins um, to ice them down after practice, after running. Um, definitely foam rolling the inside part of the calf. So kind of that posterior tibialis tendon muscle. And actually this goes into a great segue to another question that I got this week from Laura Smith, who joined our group, um, who was talking about posterior tibial tendinopathy. So Laura, this is for you as well, um, foam rolling that posterior tibial muscle, or honestly, sometimes even a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball into that muscle on the inside part. So just like turn the toe in a little bit and you can release those trigger points in the muscle belly. That will be super helpful for helping to loosen up that soft tissue. It's not going to correct the problem, but it will help provide some symptomatic relief and loosen the soft tissue. But the long-term fix for both shin splints and posterior tibial tendinopathy is going to be strengthening. So I'm going to give you two main muscles to strengthen. This is my new peace sign here for those watching the video here. So this is my two muscles. So maybe this is <laughs> my two muscles. Um, I hope this winds up being the little caption that Facebook grabs um, from these live videos is like me giving a peace sign because I think that would be pretty cool. So the two main muscles for both shin splints and posterior tibial tendinopathy is going to be strengthening the posterior tibial tendon. So there's a way you can do that, especially eccentrically. Like we were talking about Brian before with hamstrings. So while the muscle's lengthening, I have a great video on YouTube for that, for eccentric posterior tibial strengthening, where you can cross your foot over, do it with a little mini band, do it with a little spark mini band. For those of you who are coming on Sunday, get a little mini band and start to strengthen your posterior tibial tendon. What that does with your running, it helps slow down the overpronation when you run. So that's what your posterior tibial tendon does is it's, it's usually overused if you are a big overpronator and your foot's really going flat. You might have those flat arches. The other anti-overpronation muscle, don't forget, guys, is your deep hip external rotators, specifically the piriformis. That's the biggest one. That's the one everyone knows about. Most people think they have tight piriformis. Most people think they have piriformis syndrome. Most people think they need to stretch their piriformis. Most of you do not need to stretch your piriformis. Most of you need to strengthen your piriformis. So I'm going to say that two times for the folks in the back row. You need to strengthen your piriformis muscle, not stretch it. 
I have so many runners <laughs> that I find out what are they doing? What are you currently doing for your exercise? They're like, I'm stretching my piriformis. I'm stretching my piriformis. I've been stretching it for like weeks, months. It's not feeling better. Or I've been told I have a tight piriformis and then I muscle length tested and it's not tight. And most folks who do have pain in the butt area and they think it's piriformis syndrome, they say they've been stretching it forever and they don't feel any better. Why is that? Because they haven't fixed the root cause of the problem, which is a strength issue. So my best muscle activation exercise, it's not a hard one. It's very easy, but it's hard to do correctly. So if you do it right and you feel in the right spot, it's going to be your clamshell exercise. So the clamshell exercise is a great isolation. Teach you, get that neuromuscular reeducation. Take the information from your brain, send it to that muscle, teach it to contract. So then you can use it when you run and prevent shin splints, Liz, and prevent posterior tibial tendinopathy, uh, Laura. All right. So I hope that was helpful. Laura also had a follow-up question, and this actually is a good one for you, Liz, as well, is consider shoes and consider running sneakers. Is that a contributing factor? Are we tracking mileage, right? So most runners, you should be tracking your mileage on your shoes. Um, I track mine on my new Garmin here. I'm still trying to get this thing to work and figure out what it's all about. I am on Garmin Connect if you guys want to connect and Strava. I really don't know what I'm doing there. So thank you for those who have given me kudos for some of my runs. I'm not sure how to like give a thank you back or a thumbs up back. I don't know how Strava works. So maybe someone could teach me about Strava um, to let me know how, how that works. But thank you for those runners who have been giving me kudos for my runs. I appreciate that. Uh, give me a little attaboy. I like it. Um, but consider shoes and footwear. And if you want to know more about that, Laura, because Laura really talked about wearing away her shoes on the outside. We did an in-depth episode on the podcast with and within our Healthy Runner Facebook group um, with one of our local extraordinaire footwear specialists, Matt Santillo, from my favorite local running store, Woodridge Running Company. So that was episode 14 on the podcast. So Laura, you might want to go back, listen to that. And if you want to find that in the Facebook group, guys, by the way, in case you didn't know, the Healthy Runner Facebook group is organized. So I'm not sure if you guys just see posts when it like shows up on your newsfeed, whenever someone posts something in the Healthy Runner group, like this live video might be just showing up on your regular newsfeed and you're just like scrolling at 8.52 p.m. right now on a Monday night and you're like, what's on Facebook? Oh, it's this quack guy talking on the Healthy Runner podcast again, right? Um, I'm not sure if that's how you always see your content, but if you go to groups in Facebook and hit Healthy Runner, first off, you should probably like star it or like put it as favorites so it's like in the front of all your groups. That's first off. And then hit go in the group. So now you're in the group page. I have that all organized by topics. So there's a topics tab. Hit the topics tab. And then if you want these in-depth live trainings and like all the podcast interviews, like if you've been listening to the podcast for months and you're like, I had no clue. These are also in video form on Facebook and I'm on Facebook as well. Um, go to the topics tab. You'll see Monday night spark live. Every single live interview I've done, you can just find the video there, find all the bonus links um, within that. So check out that video with Matt. Um, you can scroll back within the tab or listen to episode 14. That should be super helpful for you, Liz and Laura. So guys, this is great. Awesome. So Brian says, one injury I never had, shin splints. Yes, there we go, Brian. See, you're not as unhealthy as a runner as you think, right? 
All right, Cheryl. I'm going to see you on Sunday. Awesome. All right, Sundar's got a question here. I got to get to Sundar. I had a couple others, but Sundar's been probably, he's like an OG here in the Healthy Runner group. He was like probably member number 24 or something. Um, now we're up to 1.1K, I think it is, or we're getting close to 1.1K. And Sundar's, he was there in the first like 50. So I got to get to your question, Sundar. You're you're here every week, so you're showing up. Um, so if you're short on time, what is the minimum warm-up you recommend for short runs, say four miles? Oh, awesome question, Sundar. Nice. Minimum warm-up. I would do, so that I actually mentioned this, Sundar, in this new video that I have coming out. Um, I just shot actually a little intro and a post-dynamic uh, warm-up uh, little message at the end of the video in that post message. I talk about if you're short on time and you're doing a short run and or you're already kind of warmed up, so you've done some type of exercise, maybe you've done some foam rolling, then I would just do the last four exercises in that video. So those are more running specific movement prep exercises. So you're going to see their leg swings, basically. They're like running. It's not like running in place. It's kind of like heel slides. So you're sliding up your shin, and then it's like A skips, and then it's another one that I like to drive and get your hip flexors turned on and your calf muscles. So Sundar, check out that video this week. You're going to see what I'm talking about. I know it doesn't really make sense right now. Um, hopefully, by the time we get this published on the podcast, we can drop the link for that dynamic warm-up in the show notes as well. So thank you, Allie, for dropping that great resources for stretching the Achilles and calves. I appreciate that. So George, what's going on? Good to see you. It's been way too long. Uh, so George says pain on the top of my tibia has caused me to buy a bicycle. No. Oh, I miss and want to get back to running. Any ideas? So yeah. All right, George. So it sounds like, it sounds like, um, so the top of your tibia, I'm wondering if that's close to your knee or not. So I'm not sure if that's close to your knee. Can you let me know if it's close to your knee? Because if it's on the outside of your tibia, at the top of your tibia, close to the knee, that's most likely IT band syndrome. Um, but if it's on like the shin, like your shin bone part of your tibia, then that sounds more like shin splints. And that can go back to the recommendations. If you just jumped on here, go back, catch the replay. I already hit up shin splint topic today. So, Allie, thank you. That is the previous, yes, dynamic stretching one. So, guys, we're going to have a better video on dynamic stretching. But if you want to check out this dynamic stretching routine that Allie just dropped, you can check that one out. And, yeah, awesome. Thank you. And we actually have the shin splint uh, resource right here from episode uh, 17 that we had with fellow physio Brody Sharp um, all the way from Australia on the podcast, Brody dropped a lot of great knowledge on shin splints within that episode as well. So thank you, Allie, for doing that. So George, let me know if you're still here on the live, whether or not it's close to your knee or not. So Kat says those really work for posterior tibial tendinopathy. That is why I went to Dwayne Scotty for the first time. Listen to him ran pain-free this past marathon due to his exercises. Yes, Kat, hey, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for the support. And it's been great being able to help someone as dedicated as you um, because you follow the plan. And honestly, guys, if you want to know who I work with, it's people like Kat. If you are, it's people like the person I talked to this morning. Like I know right away if it's going to be a good fit for us to work together because if you're motivated to get better and you're frustrated um, that you've been told to stop running, first off, if you've been told to stop running, you need to check out last week's episode of the podcast um, and our Facebook group. I really shared three reasons why you shouldn't stop running. 
um, when you do have a running injury. And if you're frustrated that you've been to PT before and it hasn't helped, um, then we should definitely jump on a call. So feel free to just head over to sparkyourtraining.com and hit that inquire about availability, uh, inquire for availability uh, button, and I will get in touch with you and let's jump on a call. So Hallie says, clamshells, clamshells, clamshells. Yes, you have to comment in Strava. All right, Sundar, thank you. Hey, man, it's tough. It's tough. There's all these platforms, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I don't know if I have time for Strava. I'm not sure. I might I might not be able to go into that rabbit hole, but thanks for letting me know. So I got to figure out, I got to even download the Strava app. I don't even have the app. Uh, I haven't opened on my phone. I just signed up online um, when I really got my watch, honestly. Um, so Brian gives a shout out to Matt Santillo. Uh, he's known him from years. Yeah, he's the man. Um, and he, he is a fast runner as well. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's that episode on running shoes. Liz says this is very helpful. Awesome, Liz. I'm so glad it is. Um, so Lou says I can show you how to use Garmin and Strava after Sunday's virtual Hartford half. Thank you, Lou. Lou is going to give me a tutorial. Lou, maybe we'll get you on the podcast, do an episode because maybe I'm not the only one. If anyone wants to know how to actually work their Garmin and wants a tutorial uh, or how to use Strava, then maybe we'll have Lou come on the podcast. So George says it is. Yes. Oh, my goodness, George. Okay. Yes. You have iliotibial band syndrome. So this is actually going back to, and the reason I'm telling you this, like, obviously... I can't diagnose you with just telling you pain location, but most likely you do. Um, first off, I can definitely help you out with that. So we should probably talk offline. Um, but in the meantime, in the meantime, I've created a comprehensive document on what iliotibial band syndrome is, the causes, the signs and symptoms, how do you treat it um, within a blog post. So we're going to drop that link for you, George, um, as well as it's got a podcast episode associated with it. And all the exercise, honestly, you need to do. So first off is when you, because you asked about foam rolling the IT, do not foam roll the IT band right on the outside going for the kill. So you don't want to be on the outermost part of the IT band. Go slightly in front, slightly behind. And I have a video on how to actually do that. And then you want to release the muscle belly at the top that connects to your IT band, which is your TFL muscle. So you want to hit that muscle get the trigger points out of it. So I hit that with dry needling to kind of get that trigger point response to get that to calm down, relax. But the key, George, to IT band syndrome, strengthening your hip abductors. So those side hip muscles, that is key. That is key. I'm going to say that again because I know there are many runners out there with IT band syndrome. The key to your IT band syndrome is not wearing a strap around your IT band. It's not icing it. It's not wearing a knee brace. It is strengthening your hip abductor muscles or your gluteus medius or your side hip muscles. Okay. So I got some great exercises on how to do that. And that is why in the strength training for runners link that was dropped already above George, that gluteus medius is in there because it's so important in preventing IT band syndrome in preventing runner's knee and in preventing shin splints. So like three conditions we talked about today. It's super important. Um, so Daphne, thank you so much for jumping on here. Daphne wants to know what can she do for her right heel pain. Um, so Daphne wants to know what can I do for my right heel that hurts when I am barefoot? Daphne, yes, yes. The old dreaded heel pain in runners. Um, plantar fasciitis, they call it, but it's really more degenerative changes within the actual tendon. I have it. 
So I know, I feel you, I feel you, and I've had it for quite some time. But luckily for me, I know what to do to manage it. So it's been at a super low level pain-wise. So I'm like at a one out of 10, and I've been there for a while, and it hasn't limited my running. Um, So that is a very common condition, especially when you take that first step out of bed in the morning, you go to get out of bed, and you're like hobbling like you're 90 years old. It hurts in the bottom of your heel. It hurts probably for like the first five or 10 minutes walking. It will kill you if you go downstairs. Some, if it's really irritable, will have that pain with running. So what can you do for that? Um, Daphne, I am going to do a a really in-depth training on that. I haven't done one in a while. It's been about a year actually. So I do have one within the Healthy Runner Facebook community. If you want to go on that topics tab, because you are on Facebook right now, um, go to Monday Night Spark and like scroll, like just keep scrolling. Go back to, it was fall time because I had my autumn decorations out that I just put out uh, yesterday. Go back. It was like November, October of last year. And I really did a, a live on five tips for plantar fasciitis. And I do have it on YouTube as well, that video. So it's a lot of good content. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little better in-depth training uh, within the next month or two. So stay tuned to that. But those tips will help you out. One thing I'll share with you now, Daphne, is stretch it before you put your weight on that foot in the morning. So there's one stretch. You can just cross your foot, your leg over the other leg, and kind of pull that foot back. Your big toe, that's where the fascia connects to. Pull that back, stretch it, and add a little massage in there. Massage that out with your hand. That will help loosen it, as well as, honestly, even in bed, if you do some active motion, that's what I do. Just do some, like what we call like ankle pumps, like pull your toes up toward your head as far as it can go and your big toe, extend it back. So you get a little stretch there and mobility because the reason you have pain when you take that first step in the morning barefoot is because your fascia tightens up when you're sleeping because your foot's like this and it tightens up. And now you go to stand and you weight bear and your foot splays. And now you have your body weight behind that. And that causes the irritation to the connection at the heel bone. Um, So, that hopefully will be super helpful for you, Daphna. George, yes, it is right below your knee. It sounds, smells just like IT band syndrome. Um, Trisha says that I'm Strava clueless as well, Lou. Lou Strava clueless. I'm Strava clueless. So uh, maybe that will be uh, uh, helpful for all of us to figure out how to use Strava. Um, so Andrea says, George, yes, that's where my pain was too. Allie, dropping the IT band syndrome for you, George. Awesome. And Cassandra, thank you so much for joining. I know that was your question too about heel pain. Will it ever go away? So Cassandra, uh, I just mentioned about the video and it will go away. It does take time. Just like hamstring tendon pain, plantar fasciitis, and Achilles pain for that matter does take time. We didn't really have time to get into that today. That was Wendy's question. But all of those do take time. Because they're more chronic, degenerative, overuse injuries to the tendon. And they take time to build up that tendon strength, resiliency, facilitate healing of the tendon. And the only way to do that is with progressive loading exercises. So it will get better, Cassandra. Check out the video um, that will be dropped from the YouTube channel. Allie, Allie is on top of it. Guys, isn't Allie killing it? Isn't she like crushing it? I might need to have Allie come on like every live now because I think this has been super helpful for you to just be dropping resources left and right as people had questions. It's like instant questions. This is like Dr. Google here. This is like Dr. Healthy Runner. 
Um, just like type in your question and you're like get a spit out response. And these aren't even like, these are like in-depth resources. Um, so thank you so much, Allie. I appreciate the help. I really, really do. Kat says that she solves all these tech issues by not recording my runs with Garmin or Strava. Just use it to see the distance. Yes, I know. Kat's a big, big proponent of just going out and running and not looking at your watch. Uh, don't be a slave to the watch. So Brian says, I've had both heels first time when he was 22 years old. Took a long time to get rid of that. Yeah, it does. Um, his dad had it too. It is very common, especially in runners. Um, there are strategies to help get that better. So that's what I'm really here for is to kind of give you guys and really going back, let's circle back home guys to Caitlin's Caitlin wise question on injury prevention. That's why we're here, right? So hopefully these, these things, we really like hit a world. I did not think we were going to touch upon so many topics today. And I even had other questions that unfortunately we're not even going to get to because this episode is going to be like five hours long and no one's going to listen to it. So I'm going to start wrapping things up. For those of you who have been here on the live, like, thank you so much for showing up. First off, thank you so much for your questions. Tune in to next week's episode because we're going to be talking recovery, road race recovery. How do we recover after our race, right? So Kat, that was your main question. Many of us are running the Hartford Half Marathon, or maybe you're running the Hartford Marathon, the Hartford Challenge next week. You're going to need some recovery tips. So I'm going to do a deep dive on recovery after your goal race. All right. Um, that's next week. For those of you who listened on the podcast, if any of these tips were helpful, as always, like copy the link, send it to a running friend who's got one of these problems that we touched upon tonight. And if you're liking the podcast and I've been getting a lot of messages from you, either through Messenger on Facebook, through DMs on Instagram, at Spark Your Training, by the way, um, that you're loving the podcast, I love feedback from you. Keep sending those messages. I need those messages, right? I'm putting in a lot of time and effort. Allie's putting in a lot of time and effort. We want to see we want to see that this stuff is like resonating and helping you. So send those messages along. And if any of the podcast episodes are helpful for you, I would appreciate just going to Apple iTunes, scroll all the way down to the bottom, you punch in healthy runner into the search box, scroll all the way down. Rate it and review it. So hit the stars, however many stars you, li you like the podcast. And then it just put in a quick little review. It really helps this podcast reach more runners like you and I who want to keep running into our 40s and 50s, hitting PRs, trying to be the best we can without aches and pains. So that's my whole goal. And the only way my message is going to reach more runners just like you and I is if you help me out and share it rate and review and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or on Spotify, wherever you're listening to it, um, because that really tells those platforms that, hey, this is something that we should maybe suggest to other people who are searching for running podcasts. Um, so I appreciate it. Same thing goes with the YouTube channel. If you hit that subscribe button, um, that will just help YouTube be able to offer up one of the videos as a suggested video um, as as we're going along. So thank you guys for tuning in uh, on Facebook who jumped on here on the live. Remember every Monday night we go live within the healthy runner Facebook group to answer your running questions. And today we literally did. I took questions that you've asked on when you join the Facebook group. So if you're not a part of the group, join the group, ask your question and you might hear it on the next episode of the healthy runner podcast. As always guys stay active 
stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time, bye. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say and I read all of them and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.